0: Does everything have a bright side to it? Of course. It doesn't always outweigh the negatives, but everything has a bright side to it. This makes happiness a choice. And here we say that the discipline of being happy is the ultimate discipline. With that said, welcome to the Ultimate Discipline Podcast, where we meet with people who are practitioners of this exact discipline and we hear their cool stories. Of cultivating happiness through challenges in their life. I am your host, Sean Greenspan.
1: Let's get to it. Michael, how are you doing? I am doing good, Sean.
0: Hey, I hope you had a happy Memorial Day weekend.
1: I did. It was uh, it was very relaxed. It was unplugged. I am um, not the most my my go to isn't to relax and unplug. So. I make that a priority <laughs> <laughs> and it always pays you, dividends.
0: Yeah. You use relax and unplug together twice now. Do you yep. correlate the two?
1: I do. I think that unplugged leads to me personally experiencing a, a more chill, relaxed, <laughs> personal vibe. Yeah. Definitely. And you know, the, the, the thing that, maybe if I tie it all the way back why I even gave you that response is when I left my sales executive career and decided to move into coaching full time my wife and I made a decision to unplug that's what we called it for a month and we we bought a a 22-foot Winnebago chieftain motorhome And the first ambition was to go as far as we could go. And then we're like, wait a minute. If we're truly going to relax, why don't we just keep it a little closer to home? And so we never even left the state of Oregon. We went, we parked by the Metolius River for a few days. We made our way down to Crater Lake. We were there for a few days. We went to southern Oregon in the mountains and there for a few days. And then we spent like the better part of two and a half weeks just slowly meandering up the Oregon coast. And I kept a journal and it was two and a half weeks before I kind of hit this point where I felt like, oh shit, that's what it feels like to be relaxed. <laughs> like my nervous system hadn't felt that level of relaxation, I don't know, for, for years, maybe even a decade or more.
0: Sure.
1: And so I've played with that idea of keeping that alive as a coach and in my life now. And I guess that's, that's kind of the tie to maybe why I gave that answer in the first place, because I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, well, I don't think our culture does a very good job of fostering relaxation or unplugging. And I'm not, you know, I don't, I couldn't do that all the time. I, I need, it's yeah. good for me and fits in, you know, here, here and here, here and there, but it's, it's not my default. So that's why yeah. I know that I need to do it.
0: Man, there is a lot of good
1: little nuggets in there to unpack.
0: I, I love that you connect the two because often at the end of the workday, what what do you think that the average American does is sit back and slip on the TV while they're also scrolling on their phone and maybe even have a laptop or an iPad next to them.
1: Yeah, sounds about that right. is like
0: proven over and over to not be relaxing. It's like overstimulating. Uh, it, it doesn't help with sleep. And, you know, like the more present you can be, which, you know, you're not really present always in front of screens, um, especially not in like a non-creative setting. You know, I'd say, I'd say this is one of the few settings that you kind of are. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of people conflate the two, right. And think about, think that like sitting in front of a TV is a form of relaxation it is in some ways it relaxes the body, but. I don't think it relaxes like the central nervous system, like you were saying. So that was, uh, you know, my, my girlfriend always gets on my parents and her parents about that too. They're like, we're just going to relax. They flip on the TV. She's like, read a book, draw like that's from do yoga. That's relaxing. But man, so you took, you took a month off and didn't leave the state of Oregon. I love that. I got, I had to come back to that because I once went to Australia. I was there for two weeks and you know, people don't realize Australia is about as big as the U.S. And I was down southeast in Melbourne, which is maybe, let's call it where New Orleans would be in the U.S. And someone goes, oh, did you check out Perth? You were there for two weeks. You have to check out Perth. It's like if someone goes to New Orleans and like, hey, did you check out Seattle? Right. I'm like, no, I didn't check out Seattle. Right. Um, and, and I did the same thing. I mean, I only checked out Melbourne. Um, I was there for two weeks. I you know a couple of days down the gold coast just camping and hiking and just like very relaxed but there's the 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 no agenda is what I really think it comes down to no agenda no like true ambition just for ambition's sake
1: yeah I love that I you know it's I you're you're taking me back to like moments of that experience I haven't thought about this in a long time Sean but I remember like when I think about it now I think, I remember the things that I, the moments where I found joy and it, some of them were repetitive. It was like, oh my gosh, like we were in state parks, so we weren't, you know, hooked up to cable TV and all that stuff that maybe a newer, fancier RV might have. But so it was like primitive. It was, it was camping in an RV, but we went, we got up with the sun. We went to bed generally with, you know, the sunset.
0: Yeah. Good circadian rhythm.
1: A little campfire action most nights and it was just it was it it was so i didn't know it until it happened but it, it fed my soul at such a deep level like i i was needing that and i didn't even know it
0: that's and it's so funny how you said you didn't know it and then after the fact it's clear as day that it fed your soul right For
1: that's sure, that's yeah. it,
0: that's just intuition it's yeah. it's so funny how that happens Like sometimes. We don't know what we need until it happens. And I think if you can, sometimes you can't even articulate it, you know, like you just say something like it fed my soul, right? Like you don't really know what it did, but it did something for you. You That's (laughs) like, well, the reason I'm bringing this up is um, I just signed up for an ultra marathon Mm -hmm. and my, my dad asked me, oh, you're doing another one of those. Like, why, why do you do them? And I'm like, I don't know but I, I love them and I have to, like, I can't stop. Yeah. I
1: don't know why, but
0: but, yeah. I'm, but I'm sure of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's the beauty of, of, I think, having, well, hobbies, but also space and time to prioritize things without yeah. apology. Like, who cares? If it, if it feeds your soul in some way,
0: <laughs> yeah the
1: chances are that's spilling over into other parts of your life in good ways. Always. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Lovely. It's it's really interesting because I do want to unpack something. You know, you as a coach, obviously helping people prioritize these things in their life, and uh, we will get back to it. But you said something else that was beautiful, that at two and a half weeks is when your nervous system, you know, relax to a point that you like haven't felt. So, oh, man, I got so much going on in my head because... <laughs> One, one, one thing that I want to bring up was I want to do the Pacific Crest Trail next year. So it's like a four to six month hike. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends, he's, he's like intense and um, he's like, dude, let's, let's like set the speed record. You know, like, let's do this thing as fast as possible. Part of me is like, that's awesome. Right. But that also almost is like opposite of what I'm looking for. I'm yeah. almost looking for like I hiked for two months and then I meet some dude that's like, Hey, let's go rafting in the grand Canyon. And we, we never finished the PC team. We go around, ra- you know what I mean? Just like whatever happens. <laughs> happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And that's like, you know, that's kind of more of what you guys did if you will.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was, uh, it was definitely something that there was a sense. I kind of wanted to close a chapter of life cause I'd been a sales executive for 15 years with one kind of entrepreneurial break in there, but I felt like I needed to close out a chapter to almost like signify um, this new chapter of me, my life as a coach and not doing some of the things as a sales executive that I felt uh, just like hindered my ability to show up as my full self, right? And so having that month that kind of bridged those two chapters just Mm -hmm. felt like the right thing to do. And then in the midst of that, I think it was probably like the second day on the road, I turned to my wife, Jill, and I said, hey, honey, wouldn't it be a cool experiment to just kind of check in and see like when, what, like what does it really feel like to truly be relaxed? Because this trip is kind of set up for that. We don't have a big agenda. We're not putting on a lot of miles. Like we're chilling. And she was like, that's, yeah, yeah, let's, let's stay tuned into that. And it was like every day it was like, is this it? Well, if I'm asking if it's it, it's probably not it.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When three, four days are in by and you didn't even ask,
1: then it's probably it. <laughs> it did. That's exactly what happened, Sean. It was like probably for three or four days, we kind of like kind of let it let the conversation about it go. It was still like in bouncing around in my head. And we were on a beach with our old dog in um, it was it was close to Beverly Beach. That's where we were camped on the Oregon coast. And we rode our bikes like up to this little place that sold clam chowder and we biked home and then we went to the beach and was probably two or three in the afternoon. And I'm not traditionally like a take take a nap type of guy, but we were just like laying there watching the ocean. There wasn't a whole lot of other people because it was probably like a Tuesday or Wednesday. And the next thing I knew I was just, I was waking up and she was waking up too. And we both looked at each other and we were like, I think it just happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we hit it. I think we reached like peak relaxation. <laughs> yeah. I
0: love it. How beautiful is the Oregon coast?
1: It's pretty, it's not a bad place.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I went there once. Uh, I went there once in the summer. And the summer, good time to go because, uh, well, actually, first I went there in the winter. I took my girlfriend. She'd never been stayed to Oregon at the time before we lived there and she goes that we're going in like november and she goes you know i'm gonna bring a couple of like like bikinis just in case i'm like there's no just in case you don't need to bring them <laughs> like no chance." but you know we went to oregon <laughs> we went Ready to oregon that. and we yeah right and we we're like okay what are we gonna you know what are we gonna do like we gotta hit the coast we gotta hit crater lake we gotta hit the walla wallas like we like wanted to go see everything around then we yeah. just did five days on the coast we did again complete agenda shift like We hit the coast and like, you drive like five feet and there's another hike, another park, another beach, another whatever, you know, so it was, you know, we just kind of bummed it up and down the coast for a while. I mean, nice. you guys were able to do two and a half weeks. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We were super bumming it up the coast. (laughs) That's how how
0: you should do it. That's how you should do it. Man. So, so you were talking about, um, some of those things that feed the soul right some of us are lucky enough to identify a bunch of those things some probably know but maybe can't identify a bunch but you know i can only speak for myself um for me it's it's movement and outdoors absolutely you know it's time with the family it's reading any reading and then anything creative um even things i'm really poor at writing painting those things i'm not strong at love doing them um, uh, my paintings look like a little three-year-old, but I try to paint a couple times a month. And, um, that's actually been my, my new one. It's just like complete child mode. Uh, what I find is, and, and I think a lot of people might resonate with this. There's never like a dull moment in the day where it's like, this is painting hour. Like, you know, it's like, but then whenever you do it, if you fit in the morning, the middle of the workday, the evening, there's n- nothing, nothing lights on fire while you're a- away from your cell phone computer for an hour. You know, your business, if you're an entrepreneur, doesn't fail. All your clients don't say, where are you? Uh, generally, I think good. I just see good things coming out of it. And I want to know, you know, either with yourself or kind of like with clients, Like, is that How, like, is that like a topic that you talk about, like a lot, like prioritizing these things that will go back to feed the soul? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I, I, to me that that's like living, but it's, it's so easy to be like, oh, I, I always, I have this Texas and I have to pick up this from the grocery store. I have to send these emails. There's always other things, but this to me is like the key to balance in life is how to like, just do like these things. And, you know, that's kind of what I've been playing with in my head as of recent.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite conversations to have, not just with clients but with um, entrepreneurs or executives because um, I think of people who have a desire for um, kind of like living full on and maybe even living a legacy or leaving mm-hmm. a legacy or living a legacy or being in a, a position of influence or having impact, someone who says something like that I think has this interesting relationship and it's a friction type relationship with, um, that tug, that tug of war between doing the things I enjoy in life and how do I integrate that with my work? Cause if I'm, if I'm like pulled to be the best or let's say top, whatever, 5% or 10% of what I do, like that's the kind of person I love speaking with because there's, there's a lot of passion there and and usually a deeper reason or calling for doing the work, whatever the work is. And that person probably also has a healthy interest or desire for, you know, some kind of uh, use the term balance. like not working just for the sake of work or not earning money just for the sake of earning money, but also to live, you know, there's a recognition of, You know, life is short and it's happening every day. We're living it now. So how do we make the most of today and not fall into that trap of when X, Y, Z happens, then I can live the life I want. And my challenge, one of my favorite challenges as a coach is to have people living into whatever they desire as soon as possible. And that's always a a rich conversation and it's designed to like challenge someone it's designed to make someone's brain hurt. <laughs> like, how do I live into, t- into the thing that I maybe see out there, whatever, two years or a year or six months, how do I live into it now? Right. Cause there's no guarantee that there's tomorrow. So how do we make that happen now? Or at least elements of that happen now. And the irony is, is, is thinking from that perspective, usually significantly closes the gap. Of possibility of what somebody thinks they might be able to achieve in six mm-hmm. months or a year or two years and they start to they start to live into that now and that's to me that's like a like that's a beautiful thing
0: yeah you know, living into something now right as, as you're saying would you think you could expand upon that a little bit because i think there might be some confusion on people people might always come back to like, well, I need this to live it now. Um, Mm -hmm. My interpretation is it's a little bit more of um, it's, it's a little more in our control than we might think. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit more also maybe um, like, I feel like there's always a creative way to live, live it now. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just want to hear kind of whether it's an example or kind of like a little more about what you mean about that, because you know, I think that people might be stuck on that, but that's obviously an intriguing point. I can live whatever life
1: I dream of. I can live it now. Like, mm-hmm. let me hear. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'll give you an example of of a conversation I had at one point where a person who is um, exceptional at what they do, and so by definition, because they're exceptional at what they do, they have more opportunities to do some version of that than they even have time to do it. So they've got boundaries in place, and yet... In a conversation that's pretty transparent, maybe over a beer. In this case, the person says to me, "Gosh, I, like I'm, I feel like I'm, you know, kind of crushing it, but something's missing, or there's elements that I can't, like, you know, I'm, I'm, who am I to like, who am I to poke holes in the success I'm having? And there's still elements of life that feel." like off for me. And my question was something along the lines of, you know, just like, well, well, what is it? What, like, what feels off? Or, you know, if you could step into the future a year and look back and things were the way that you kind of like want them to feel like, what would Mm -hmm. feel different? What would look different? What would you be doing more of? What would you be doing less of? And this person looked at me and said, Well, if I was really unapologetic with you, I would want to be making the same amount of money or more. I would want to be working no more than 15 hours a week in my business. I would not be getting on airplanes to go see a client or anyone else unless I absolutely was thrilled to do so. Um, and I would have two six week, uh, periods in the year that I wasn't working, but my business didn't like fold. It was still going. And I was like, great, what are the two periods of the year? And she said, I think August to mid September and mid December to the end of January for some personal reasons and travel and that sort of thing. And I was like, great, you've got good clarity. Now y'all, all you gotta do is like get creative with working it backwards, the hard work, right? But how can you live into that today? And so one small decision she made in this, you know, conversation was, gosh, I never really thought it could be quite as easy as just telling my clients, um, Hey, you know what? Like I don't get on airplanes anymore. Like I conduct meetings virtually. And if there's an opportunity for me to get on an airplane that feels good for both of us, like I'll do it, but that's a switch I'm making in my business and it actually, might differentiate her from others that do what she does in a good way. Right. Cause it saves everybody time and money and yeah. And so it was starting to stitch together that longer term mm-hmm. idea of what like really was meaningful for her, but she didn't want to lose the impact. She didn't want to like lose the money. And I think that those are the, like, those are the puzzles that we always get to like play with. How do we put it together? Understanding that when we get there, There's going to be other desires, but that's part of the fun of playing. That's part of the fun of playing the game, right? It 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 is
0: as as long as you're like aware of of the game, right? That's a no. I I I like that story. I like that story because, like you said, like just work it backwards and just take a small step, right? I mean, if she really didn't enjoy these, you know, flights and these travels, maybe time away from family, maybe additional expenses that she could have been incurring, like why do it right and then also of course travel gets in the way there's opportunity cost like on a day you're flying and trying to squeeze in a work day maybe you don't get the workout in or whatever yeah what when i heard you say living the life that you want to live right um when i i kind of made a decision about two years ago which was when i decided to start the podcast even though i didn't start it till much later and i started writing the blog that I need many hours, seven plus hours a week um, in deep spiritual thought. To me, that's, um, that's some mindfulness practice, not meditation, something I would consider like inner work. Um, so maybe like, I guess it, it kind of like looks like meditation, but maybe like thinking through Um, limiting belief. So it's like active thought, but I guess I'm still like sitting there with my eyes closed. right? (laughs) So it could look like meditation, Um, you know, writing in a journal, writing in a blog, podcast, and then learning. Um, So like right now I'm going through the mind change course. It's, it's a, it's actually a really cool course about like pattern, doing some pattern interrupting to change the way you store your memories and basically open up, uh, open up neurological pathways to, you know, free yourself, if you will. And so I started thinking, I said, great, these are the things I want to do. They'll, you know, it's about an hour a day. Well, right now I'm work. I, I, I have a full day, so we need to find time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had the brilliant idea that when my business got to this amount of money, then I'll be able to take my foot off the gas. Right. And, and do it. But that doesn't work because first, when you get to that amount of money, you want that mo- you want more, right? Mm-hmm. Second is the way my business was constructed because I didn't do it thoughtfully. I built the business around me, so that much more money meant that much more time. Yeah. Um, but but put those things to the side. I built the business the same way. I had the same desires to earn more.
1: Yeah,
0: that still wasn't the thing that I I think would free me. And it the thing that I think would free me was the eighty twenty method, mm-hmm. like. You know, I am not special in this scenario, I'm sure we all are, where my phone buzzes with a text or a call every 10 minutes. My, I get an email, ten an hour, um, I got meetings I'm trying to check on, Trying to, I have, you know, body sensations, got to stand up, got to go to the bathroom, got to eat, got to drink water, like the normal stuff. And not all of it is important or was done efficiently. And I'm, that is actually the, the part of my journey I'm on right now. Um, I think I shared that with you. In, in business, being an entrepreneur, like business life just becomes so close that like, I kind of put it in, you know, uh, I kind of put them together. But even things like this, like notice, like we didn't have like a prep call for this podcast. My first couple, I'd have like half hour call on the block, like, hey, this is what's coming with the podcast. Instead, I'm like, no that, you know, let's trim that down. I'll give, you know, Michael 10 seconds before the call. Hey, this is what the podcast is about. Um, and, and that is something that I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel, uh, I'm starting to feel more free, but like you said, it's actually not about feeling like you're free any other time. It's about implementing things before you even feel it. And, and what I'm trying to do is just, I'm just doing it in the morning. Right. So I'm just waking up and doing it. So I'm just, instead of starting work at 630, I'm starting at 730. And whatever repercussions that takes on my business or my life, I just decided I will swallow them because I'm living it now. And of course, the funny thing is you come in with a more clear head. First of all, when you're sitting there quietly, like that's when the best business ideas come, of course. And then, you know, you come with more energy and like a different like type of person. So like, that's kind of what came to me was like, like, cause I used to, I, I, am like the, I love the morning. So I wake up at four 15 and do my stuff until like six 30. Now, like I added like an hour layer into these mornings of like mindfulness time. And I, I still get a little anxious. I really do. I'm like, like I got to get to these emails. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I'm just trying to tell myself like, you know, if I looked back at the year and I made eighty percent of the money that I had the potential to make, but I spend an hour mindfulness every morning, that's yeah. that's a win. Yeah. Um,
1: I'm curious that time where you're you're practicing your version of mindfulness, um, and you're getting these like internal. Ah, uh, I do need to get to the email. Maybe at some point, sooner than later. Yeah. <laughs> how do you negotiate? And this is, I'm truly curious, like, how do you negotiate for yourself, like the value of the mindfulness time, which may or may not give you an immediate like payoff versus the more, let's say dopamine focus. Like I answer an email, I, and I, I get a chemical dopamine hit cause I ch- it's done. Right. Boom. <laughs> yeah. How do you navigate like for yourself that internal dialogue or conversation between like the the longer term benefit things that you prioritize and put at the first of the day and like this incessant, you know, that part, that little thing in the yeah. back of your mind that's like, oh, dude, it's time to get to work. You know, you got some emails piling up most likely.
0: Well, let me start by saying that's the best question I might have ever been asked on this entire podcast. And, <laughs> I, I, and I, I mean that because you're thinking about how to implement, you know what I mean? Like, you know obviously um you're obviously really good at this and good at coaching at this but you're I, I i know you michael but also i can tell from here that like you're a perpetual student like so it's not just like okay i understand that because we all understand it you want to like realize it like you know i'm okay i could sit down the morning and do this but i'm gonna have that same thought so awesome question short answer is poorly <laughs> i'm the guy I, I handle it poorly but <laughs> I'll tell you, um, if you said, Sean, uh, 23 hours of your day are going to be out of your control. They're going to be shitty days and you are shitty hours and you have one hour to do something. What would you do? It'd be moving my body outside, taking a run, taking a hike. So um, that to me is like my core, I guess. And um, that's like what I, that is my discipline. And I learned from that and tried to put that into my business, my mindfulness practice, my relationships. And I was watching um, a, a documentary on running called The Barkley Marathon. If you haven't watched it, it is so funny for a documentary on running. It's on YouTube only. Exactly. Um, it's this like old dude down in Tennessee. Has this, he calls it a marathon. It's 100 plus miles, so it's not a marathon. He holds it in late November in the mountains in Tennessee, and it's five 20 mile loops. Now, the issue is he changes the course every year and he makes it longer every year, so he's been doing that for about 20 years. Now it's about five 30 mile loops. There's no trail, nothing. I mean, it is just so funny to sign up for it, you have to like buy him something, and they interviewed him to like. How do you choose what you wanted? He's like, Well, last year I didn't have any good socks. They all had holes in them. So I asked everyone for men's socks. Like he's just <laughs> the funniest guy ever. And if, if like 100 people start, mostly like zero people finish or one, one person, like it's no one even completes it. They interviewed the guy that completed it. And the really fucked up thing about this race, Michael, yeah. is five times, I guess four times technically you pass your car so four times you can say oh my warm clothes my my camping gear my food is right there right yeah. I, I did a race in Utah where when I like hurt my foot I was 22 miles away from the car so I was like in like in the in the wilderness like even like the best case scenario is run back so I was like I don't really have much choice I'll go back but this like you can quit four times. And they interviewed him. They said, how come you didn't quit? And he said, I shut down the conversation. So there's just no conversation in your head. There's no negotiation in the moment. Um, So it's a very long way of answering your question. But if I myself don't set a goal, and this is the beauty of goals to me, that I'm going to sit there for an hour. It's not that an hour is a magical number of meditation for meditation. It's Otherwise, I'll get up at 48 minutes and tell myself I did a good job. And now there's two things. One, I, 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 succ- I succumbed, how do you say that, past tense? <laughs> like, yeah, you, yeah, you got it. There, there we go, to, to the pressure, right? But the other thing is, I also feel like I kind of quit a little bit. It's like if you say, you know, if I say I'm going to go take a long run, and then you come back, you always kind of feel like I could have ran more, but I feel like I'm going to go run 15 miles. When you finish 15 miles, great, goal achieved, right? So, yes. um, and I'm not saying I, I. This is one of those concepts I understand very well, but I, I haven't realized it yet. I haven't implemented into my life um, with with complete conviction, right? Like like I have with my exercise, right? Like today I ran for two hours. I, I did a time run today and at 2 hours I was back at the house like perfect then I was like all right I'm going to go do my meditation and I was going to sit for 30 minutes but then I had to go to the bathroom and I started getting hungry and I was like cool I'll just knock it down to 15 and at the end I didn't even feel good about myself so that's I, I it, it's kind of like setting it up ahead of time and I don't I don't want to make this long answer even longer but I'll tell you another another area that I have actually implemented it well is sleep. Mm. I wake up at 4:15. Uh, everyone says, how do you wake up at 4.15 every day? It's very simple. Monday to Friday, I have an alarm on my phone that goes off at 4.15 and then another one at 4.16 and 4.17. You do that every day and it's, it's not an option. You just commit. That's the one thing I'll never change. I'll never turn these alarms off. When it's like 8.15 and you finish dinner and you have the choice to sit on the couch, drink a beer and watch TV or whatever you're you're go to bed like you're gonna just go to bed like you're gonna get into the habit of waking up because you know the alarm's coming yeah and and then when the alarm comes i promise myself and this is where integrity comes in that whatever alarm i set the night before i will not i, I will stick to so you know i i drove in here late last night and didn't get bed to like 10 30 so I, I set my alarm at 5 30 today but like i set that like actually in the morning because I knew I was going to like the morning before I knew I was going to get to bed late. Um, so it's kind of like, it, it all comes down to not negotiating in the moment because we're very emotional in the moment, right? We're biased to the present moment um, versus it's why like when people talk about my exercise equipment's over here, um, they say they don't count reps. Some people are like, Oh, I just go to failure. I'm like that is not good. Because you can't track progress and you can't keep yourself honest, right? You know, if you can do fifty push-ups, do 50 push-ups and next time, if that was easy, do 55 next time. That's easy, to do 60 next time, but count, you know, yeah. and keep yourself accountable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love it. That's it's fascinating. <laughs> that's like such it. it's a yeah. passionate
0: topic for me. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one thing that occurred to me too, is like it I was sitting there hearing you. And I was thinking to myself, is it only through, you know, discipline around doing something inherently challenging, and that's going to be different for everyone, where we get the most reward and the most satisfaction? And I thought back on, like, you know, some of the most challenging things that I've done in life. And those moments Mm -hmm. feel like so... um, like such a part of who I am that define me for better or worse. Right. Like mm. I'm connected to some of them from an ego perspective. Like, yeah, I did that. And if yeah. I can do that, I can do these other hard things too, <laughs> but that's yeah. I'm just like, I'm, I'm paying attention to my thought stream as I was like hearing you talk about kind of how you, you navigate this, this friction in your life. So I, I deviated a bit from the question, but it was, it was just, no,
0: that, that's beautiful. Do you yes. like n- n- now I'm thinking about, it, do you think that's true that we're like that things around discipline are more like monumental to our,
1: I mean, for me, I've kind of, that's a good question. I've never really thought about it. It's, it's, it's a good thing for me to journal about. So <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> but, yeah. um, generally in this moment I do associate, a certain degree of, um, like, I guess, confidence and, and courage and, you know, just being proud of having accomplished certain things in, in when they felt maybe impossible or hard at some point and having to go through that process really is what probably creates the, like having to navigate that mostly from a mindset perspective is the thing that gives me the confidence and the courage Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's interesting, too, because I just I recently had a conversation with a woman. This was at an entrepreneur conference and I met this woman from Ukraine and she had moved from Ukraine before the country was um, attacked by Russia. And so that wasn't part of the conversation. This was actually this is before that happened. And she lives in the Dallas area. And I, and I asked her, I said, Oh, what brought you to the U S or, or Dallas? And she said, she said, well, I had a government job in Ukraine and she goes in Ukraine, just because you have a government job, doesn't mean you don't work hard. Like I was putting in 60 and 70 hour weeks at a government job in Ukraine. Cause that's kind of what you're expected to do. Mm-hmm. And she said, and there's not as much inherent opportunity in Ukraine as there is the United States. And I wanted to be rewarded for my efforts. And I was like, that's cool. So what's, you know, what's what's happened? And it had been two years since she'd come to the U.S. And she goes, well, when I first came to the U.S., um, I had a friend who lived in Dallas, which has brought her to which that's why she ended up there. And she said, I wasn't in the U.S. more than two days when I just looked around and I recognized oh my god there's like so much opportunity for people here and they don't even see it because they're like in the fishbowl right they can't recognize all the opportunity because it's all around and she said and the second thing I noticed was she said for the most part like Americans like to be comfy and she goes and a lot of them are really lazy and she goes at that moment I knew that I could come here and succeed and she goes and my measurement for success was to create um, a million dollars, not just net worth, but cash in two years. And I was like, have you done it? And she's like, absolutely. I've done it. And her, like she had created a real estate company, everything. So it was just like, you know, it was a moment of like experiencing the perspective of someone else who came from somewhere else and is making the most of an opportunity here for herself and her own reasons. Right. For her. Yeah, but it it caused me to think. Like I've reflected on that several times. Like, wow, okay, you know, I, you know, I fall, I fall into that category of, you know, being comfortable with life. Everybody does. Yeah, and how good it feels when I challenge myself in some area, whether it's through thought work or a physical challenge, knowing that it's going to be hard as hell, (laughs) probably, but that that journey that you have to navigate between where you start. And whatever the finish line looks like, it's it's not necessarily crossing the finish line. It's that it's the closing the gap. It's that journey. It's the journey. Yeah, yeah. And I know that sounds so like.
0: <laughs> no, no, it, it, it doesn't because you're explaining it. You, you're explaining it well. Hey, if you just came in and said, hey, it's the journey. It's not the goal. Yeah, but no, don't, uh, I'm, I'm fine. You had me captivated there
1: yeah it's a it's just you know perspective is such a big piece of I think, the journey for everyone because if you're an ultra marathoner, you are having that experience of running these for me, what feels like a pretty crazy long distance. I've run half marathons and and marathons, both on trail and road, and that's it's, awesome it's it's like that was a decade where I was pretty like focused on pushing myself in that format and all of those things felt completely out of reach. I, I had, I had a sense in the half marathon that like, you know, I I could probably even fudge my way through this and accidentally do it. It would hurt, (laughs) but I trained for it and I learned and I got to play with and tweak like, okay, how does, how do I get better at this? How do I have more fun with it? Like what would a trail race feel like and all those fun things, but it just, there's something about that, you know, that, that, going through the growth or change process that amplifies for me, it, it awakens almost this part of my like human spirit that hadn't been quite awakened or alive before.
0: Mm, man, you, <laughs> that is the second time that you actually brought something like that up. And that just excites me, Michael, because um, the other time was you said, my nervous system, I never felt, I never knew it could be this relaxed, right? And when I heard that, but then you liked it, right? That, that's what comfort is. People think this is like the best state, right? Like there's like, there's other levels of awareness and happiness and relaxation out there that I find come from some discipline, right? Hence the name of the podcast and kind of the way I'm um, attempting to live my life. Yeah, But he- hearing, you know, hearing the way that like you kind of like spoke about it, it's like you just don't even you don't even know unless you try, and you, so you, you talked about you talked about like also like the journey is fun too. So like you get that feeling at the end, but it's actually the journey. And while we're talking about running, right? It was today's Wednesday, so Monday. Yeah, I tried to run up at pace for two hours and it was 96 degrees and humid. And I just moved from Canada where the hottest it was in the last four months was like 40. And I was, I was beat. I mean, I was like dripping. I I had no electrolytes on me. Um, I had no water on me actually. So I was just like beat at the end. But then after, so you you run that far, what are you going to do when you get back? You're going to hydrate and get your electrolytes. You're definitely going to stretch, which like, you know if i just took a little run and wasn't training i just don't prioritize stretching i should but i don't uh then after that you're going to definitely refuel and probably not with junk food because you know your body needs some good nutrients um you're you're going to get to bed early and make sure you get your sleep that night you're going to feel so relaxed mentally that you'll probably make an hour to read and all this other stuff so i go back and forth with my friend marty and it's funny because um, w- w- about like whether we should have goals, right. Um, because, you know, achieving a goal doesn't lead to happiness, but I think the journey to a goal leads to happiness. And yes. it's this little brother who got me into these, hun- there, he does hundred mile runs. I'm signing up for one later this year, my first, and he always says, he's like, you know, Sean, like, I eat the healthiest when I'm training for a hundred because I'm training so hard every day. I got to eat healthy too. And I sleep yeah. the most. And I even practice meditation, all this stuff. So it is about the journey. And, you know, Peter Atia, um, he's actually from the Pacific Northwest too. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. I, uh, I am he,
1: familiar, with, yeah.
0: Yeah, he, he talks about something called uh, emotional acceleration. And he mm-hmm. says, when you're in a plane and you're sitting there and you're going 500 miles an hour in the air, yeah. it's calm as can be, you don't feel it. But when you're, when you're taking off, right, and you're going from zero to 100, you feel like you're thrown back. And it's the acceleration that we feel. And I feel it's the same with emotions, right? You know, if you work really hard at something and then you achieve it, that's, that's where the relaxation comes from.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I love that. It's, I'm kind of like connecting the dots a little bit here in a new way on the spot. This is a fun conversation.
0: (laughs) I I lit up the last couple of things you said me too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, what other fun things can we talk about here?
0: (laughs) I know, right? Well, unfortunately, I am looking at the clock here and we are kind of winding down. Uh, Mike, I I think you have, I know with all my heart that you have a lot to offer uh, this world, this, this, my audience. And I just want to, you know, ask like, b- b- were based on the topics like we talked about, mm-hmm. what comes to mind as like one small actionable thing that people could do to like, you know, lead down, lead themselves towards uh, happiness, discipline, more like relaxation, what- whatever topic you kind of want to choose, but mm. you know, more of like a habit or something, you know, it doesn't have to be the habit or the thing, but you know, more like one thing or one habit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is just totally off the top of my head, but of course I think, and this is, this is applying to me too. And I, I've only shared this with one other person. So I want to use myself as an example because I challenge myself with this question in the last two weeks, what what one thing do I have a desire to do, but for some reason I'm either lacking, you know, maybe it's the bravery <laughs> or the logistics. Like there's some reason that I'm just not committing to pulling the trigger to something that I truly desire to do, right? Maybe I'm making it too big or too hard or whatever. And for me, a desire was to leave Portland for four to six weeks in the winter and go live in a mountain town where the ski hill is like no more than 20 minutes away. Cause that's something I love to do. I love to go just like rip the mountain and that's talk about good for the soul. Like for me, that's my absolute like go to unplug, have a good time, rejuvenate myself. And then I'm, I'm ready for almost anything. (laughs) <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: so it's so it's asking yourself that question. What do I need to do?
1: What do I need to do? And so I committed to someone just the other day that I'm going to select between five locations. I'm going to narrow it down to one, and I'm going to reach out to people that I know who might have some connection to that area and say, "Do you know of anybody that knows of a rental, an Airbnb, something like that?" <laughs> and just like put it put it on the calendar, like uh... put it up, put it out there. Put it out there and and hope
0: something comes back, right?
1: Well, and be more persistent, like not just hope, but like follow it through until I've got like the deposit down, the full thing paid, whatever it is, so that it's booked, so that it's on the calendar, right?
0: Michael, I think you already put it. I'm sorry to cut you off. I think you put it out there because yesterday, me, Emma, and my friend Jason booked. um, We bought the Epic Pass. And the Epic Pass gives you like, you know, access to these mountains. And yeah. we're, we just decided that, so we move every month that we're going to live January in Lake Tahoe. Okay. We're going to live uh, February in Whistler. Okay. And then March, we're still trying to figure it out. So <laughs> we will connect.
1: Let's, let's go somewhere. Man. Let's get some skiing in. Oh my God. I love this. Okay. We well, it. there you go. I think we've all got that thing that, is looming or lurking in the back or maybe front of your mind. And there's some obstacles that are just standing there. And I'm a big, I just, I'm such a believer in like, not even knowing necessarily like why or how it all makes sense, but just knowing that there's something that's asking you or calling you to do this thing that's probably going to stretch you in some way. And yeah. that you're not going to know all the answers until you actually get your ass out there and do it. Right?
0: Yeah. It doesn't have to be as big
1: as what I just said, but my challenge would be like, what is that for the listener or for you? You know, what is that? And what very tiniest, smallest action can you take to move in that direction?
0: That's what it is. Just one thing today.
1: Yep. Just one little thing.
0: I just love it, Michael. I thank you so much for taking the time to to hop on today i know we're busy in the middle of the work day um work week and i i there's so many good nuggets in here i hope people could take out i just want to thank you again and i look forward to skiing with you this summer winter
1: (laughs) (laughs) well thank you you've you've challenged my thinking and you've elevated uh my energy and those are always two good things to have happen in a day
0: (laughs) (laughs) i i appreciate that those two things mean a lot to hear
1: from you thanks michael All right, Sean, take care.